Welcome to the Layman Filmmakers Conversation, the show that brings the ultra-low to no-budget filmmakers together. On the show, there will be discussions on your latest films, the struggles, the difficulties, and the experiences endured on the creative storytelling journey. Hello and welcome to the Layman Filmmakers Conversation, the show that discusses the journey that us, the no-budget filmmakers, endure when we embark on the adventures of making our films with whatever resources we have available. I'm your host, Daniel Pellegrino, and on this episode I will be discussing with my guest no-budget filmmaking experiences and how he goes about making horror films with no money. Welcome everyone and thank you for joining the Layman Filmmakers Conversation and I'm here with a fantastic guest. Please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Hey everybody, my name is Matt Marchese. I am a senior um, film student at Buffalo State College and I am a aspiring director and writer for horror movies. Horror is my passion. I have always had a love for all things scary so that's the goal. I've, right now, I'm enjoying writing some short film scripts and making short films and working on projects in school. And the goal one day is just to be prolific in the horror community and like in making movies and everything. So, yeah. And what a community that is. But yeah, so it's it's an absolute pleasure to have you on because thank you. I was just saying to you earlier that I was browsing a load of stuff because I'm you know I want to sort of have a bit of variation on the show and I stumbled across your work now a lot of people might come across your work and go okay what's so interesting about this guy's work but for me what was interesting is the fact that you have a unique style to your work and we were discussing the whole static shot compared to the you know moving shot and how it different you know how how it's different and how it makes you know the not only the frame but the actual film come alive and I would you know because on this show we talk about no budget filmmaking I'm going to assume that most of the stuff because you're still at college I'm assuming most of the stuff that you do is kind of like on a on a micro budget scale so tell me a bit about that I mean how how do you how what is your approach to the whole thing yeah I mean usually with every short film well pretty much with every short film that I've made to date has been for no money that I spend my own money on the props, on food to feed my friends to help me out to make the film, that I usually start by coming up with an idea. I know I feel like you really shouldn't do this, but for most of my short films, I kind of come up with an idea for a location that I know I have access to, so I can really create a story that can live in that world, and I can really expand upon the space that I know I can use. One of the short films that I made, The Vertigo Man, that was one that I was really excited to make because I work at a local movie theater. So I asked my boss, I was like, hey, would you be willing to let me make a short film here? And she was like, oh, hell yeah, I, I'm so down for that. <laughs> so utilizing an actual movie theater to make a short film in, that was a really fun experience. I love that. Every short film that I've made has been for no money. And it's just been me like scouring Amazon for cheap things that I can use for props or going to the thrift store to find clothing pieces for the demon that I'm going to make or the characters in it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I tell you what you said, you just said just then that um, it's something that you shouldn't do creating. And am I correct in saying creating an idea around a location? I think that's a great idea. And I think that's what you should be mm -hmm. doing when you don't have any money, because that's what I've been doing. 
you know you base if you if you have an idea or if you have an idea then you go and look for something that you know won't cost you like you won't need a permit for which when you live in cities like london and new york most of the time you do need a permit but Mm -hmm. i mean i i kind of in a good way i kind of disagree with what you said there the fact that you know, um, which is, is, is a positive, <laughs> the fact that, you know, if you have got a location and you have got mm-hmm. an idea and you can film on that location, then hell do it. Absolutely. I think that's that's fantastic. I mean, that's for anyone starting out. I think that's that's something that they definitely should take on board. So obviously, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's true. You what you do is perfect for what we're talking about here. So talk to me. Obviously, horror is I mean, I'm not a big fan of the horror genre, but um, most of my family is, so that helps. So tell me your your process when you actually, because obviously a lot of people might think, now I grew up in the 80s, okay? So horror for me is yes. gore. So a lot of blood, a lot of Freddy yeah. Krueger, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, blood everywhere. Whereas obviously, dare I yeah. say, you are the new generation, whereas now you guys are creating horror that's more psychological rather than gore. So yes. how what's your thought process when you actually write because seen as you're a writer, what is your thought process when you actually do write a script for your idea for a horror film? Well, I do love my gore. I do I do I'm a fan of the gore and horror, but I think that I kind of grew up with the psychological and paranormal type movies that I really enjoy. Like I'm a big fan of the Conjuring universe. I love like uh, Lights Out, Fantastic. Get Out, <laughs> The Invisible Man, movie, like movies like that. So I think that, I think, well, my top two probably subgenres to the horror genre in, it, in its entirety would be psychological and paranormal. I really enjoy those t- those two. Brilliant. So I think I kind of harness those two subgenres the most when I'm trying to come up with an idea because I feel like when you deal with something of the paranormal type you can mm. really have fun with that and really explore different avenues and kind of get away with a lot more than you could if it's just kind of a serial killer or something along those lines more something more grounded but usually when I'm coming up with ideas I I listen to a lot of true crime pod, or podcasts and YouTube videos I also listen to a lot of YouTube channels that just tell scary stories and ghost stories so okay, okay, I feel like I get inspiration from those stories, just kind of like listen to them in the oh. background, just like, wow, that's really creepy. That can make a cool short film idea or just yeah. kind of like taking bits and pieces from it. But also I read a lot of scary stories, watch a lot of scary movies. I'm that psychopath that can watch The Conjuring before bed you, alone and then fall asleep like a baby. You, so You sound like my, bro- you sound um, like my brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's just easy. I think the other night, honestly, the other night I was laying in bed and I think I decided just to watch the opening scene to The Conjuring 3, like the exorcism scene. And then I was just, I turned it off and I was like, okay, like ready for bed. <laughs> that sounds like masochism to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah. I won't be able to sleep if I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lifestyle for me, honestly. It is a lifestyle and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Well, at least you got something sort of to set up, set up a tone for yourself. You? Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's really good what you said just there um, about, you know, where you do get, you know, your inspiration from. You know, I think most mm-hmm. of us do. I'm not a big reader, but I am a bit like yourself. Yeah. I like to do a bit of research with other videos and stuff. But, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's another great tip for, you know, for people that are looking for ideas, which is pretty much a given but you'll be surprised how many people don't actually do that so but you said yeah, something really yeah. interesting i know you want to follow up from what you i know you were going to follow up just now but be, i just want to take you a step back because you said something really yeah. interesting there one of your one of the, the films that you enjoyed was lights out now mm-hmm. 
the yeah. reason why I bring that up is because that initially was a short film. And yes, it yep. was literally, I can't remember how short it was, but I remember because I, because the director of that is the director of Shazam, if I'm not mistaken. And yep, you're correct. Um, yep. I, I just thought this guy knows what, and he, I, I, I was on the, uh, I was listening to the um, Film Riot podcast where they actually had him on, on the show and he was actually yes. explaining how I just came up with this idea and it was really scary. And mm-hmm. when you watch the film, the short, it is scary because it, it, I was like, fuck, man, this is it's, crazy. And the fact that they then took yeah. that and made it in, unbelievable. And the, fa- and the fact that even the short was t- terrifying and the fact that they actually took that short automatically and made it into a feature that's in itself that's amazing and i sort of think mm-hmm. that you seem to be stepping in that direction because the stuff that you're doing although it's not as abc as um the stuff that you're doing is not as a b and c it's more of an arc if you like because yours are more character driven but i think you're on the right, right. track with you know w- mm-hmm. with your filmmaking technique i think that's that's fantastic what you're doing but it's interesting like i said it's interesting that you sort of touch base Thank on you. um on um, lights out, but yeah. So, sorry, you were saying where, before I interrupted you, you you were saying something. Well, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Like David F. Sandberg, like just jumping off that, like he, the director of Lights Out Short, he has been a big inspiration for me. I've been following him since I saw first saw his short film Lights Out, and then I kind of discovered his other short films that he had on his YouTube channel. And then I've been following the um, the recent ones he's been posting. He posted um, the name of it is uh, slipping my mind, but he did an, a newer one with like Shadow figures on the wall and I loved that one that was amazing he obviously was able to turn his short lights out into a feature and I think after seeing that that has kind of like put a little thing in the back of my mind going forward when I come up with ideas kind of like okay so I love this idea for a short but let me try to include something that I could maybe expand upon this if I ever one day get the chance to turn it into a feature film that's something I'm hoping to do with my short film The Vertigo Man I think that could be a really killer awesome uh, scary movie but Mm, yeah David is a that's he's a huge inspiration for me i i really enjoy all the movies he's done uh start lights out then annabelle creation i love annabelle creation it's so good um and then shazam and then now shazam 2 that he's working on but yeah he's such a he's such which, a um, big is, influence for which me which is strange don't you think because he's gone from i want to i want to stay on topic obviously for the low yeah. budget but it's i what i found quite bizarre is he went from horror so to speak mm-hmm. to a superhero film and i thought that's mm-hmm. a bit odd <laughs> Um, but (laughs) you know it yeah it it, it work it works for him and it's you know like you said he's he's fantastic in what he's done now do you think that when you make a do you tend to overcomplicate things does it come easy when you when you write for horror i mean what's your you know going back to the fact that say you've got a limited budget which most of the time i'm assuming Mm -hmm. you do what um I, i think i'm i'm probably repeating myself here but what is your process um, apart from the location? Do do you have other things in mind when you do that? Like obviously you talk you you talked about the props that you use, and obviously in horror, you know, props are a thing. Um, mm-hmm. But what else do you sort of throw in the mix when you when you think about making a you know um, a horror when you've got a horror uh, an idea for a horror film? Usually, I feel like I kind of what like whatever whatever the source is that I get the inspiration from, I kind of like visualize a scene like a shot an image from the short that i would like to make and then i kind of expand upon that so i take into account the location that i will potentially need 
And then from there, I honestly, because I, I know that I'm not going to have a lot of money to work with, whatever money that I use would be my own. So I take into account the location. Um, a lot of them are either like my house, my friend's homes, place I work at, or just like outside in nature. And I've gotten lucky a lot of the times, like the one short film that you mentioned, Prey, that was a family friend's cottage that they were getting ready to tear down. So it was all old and decrepit and perfect. So I'm like, wait, 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 before you tear that down, like, can I make a movie there? Like, that's perfect for that. That But yeah, I, I use, I look at the locations I have access to. And then I try to think of the scene and keep it as simple as I can, but try to also be creative and try like, because one of the things too, I know a lot of short films, especially horror short films, they do the, um, the standard, formula where they have the tension and then they end right with like a loud jump scare and then it's cut to black roll the credits so that's something that i try to avoid with my short films that whatever the story is i'm telling i try to make sure that like i'm a fan of jump scares i love jump scares like i have jump scares in some of mine whether or not they're effective or not that's a different story but um i try to avoid like the typical formulaic ending of a like a three minute horror short where it's the tension, it's the tension, it's somebody exploring something, and then they turn a corner, something jumps out, and then it ends. So that's something I've, uh, I also try to take into account when I'm coming up with the idea. What else, what, what else is part of that question? <laughs> no, that, that's pretty much, um, that's part, that was the question, <laughs> okay. um, and you answered it perfectly. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, Thank I mean, you, you know, going, going back to the, this, the way you, you put together your films, which is... Mm. You know, at the end of the day, you've you've got your set budget, and you 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 know, like I said, going through your stuff, you seem like you you complete them with such you know, and you've got a unique style, which is what a lot of filmmakers try to, um, you know, achieve when they when they do their film. Now, do you, you. um, I, what I like about what you said was that because I talk to other filmmakers about authenticity. And it's interesting mm. that you pointed out just there that you you have, for example, jump scare, um, you know, in the back of your mind, but you try to do things differently. Do you mm-hmm. do you feel that um, a lot of I know we all have, for example, you know the the people that we go to that inspire us, but I think yeah. is there a fine there obviously is a fine line between inspiration and copying that thing. Right. What's mm-hmm. your take on that? I mean, do you? Again, do you do you take on board who you like and what style you like, and then make your own, or do you sort of go down that rabbit hole of? I mean, what, what, what's what's your take on that? I think for me personally, since I'm a bit, I mean, I, I'm a huge James Wan fan too. So I think honestly that I like I, I watch a lot of horror movies, a lot of horror like TV shows, horror short films on YouTube because uh, oh. I just love scary things. So and I've been doing it for years. So I think that. I just have spent so much time watching horror where honestly, I feel like I kind of have like a little subconscious like thing in the back of my mind where it honestly, like, I don't mean it's like in a bragging way at all, but it like kind of like the crafting horror itself, I feel like does kind of come pretty easy to me. Like if I were to try to like make a rom-com short film or a comedy or action, I feel like that would come much more hard like it'd be much more um complicated for me to actually pull that off as opposed to crafting something with a horror undertone because horror to me i feel like is so much fun because you can explore so many different avenues avenues with it you can tell so many different stories you can have fun with the monsters and the creatures and the antagonists that you make but yeah i usually 
I think that I've just watched so many horror movies where I've analyzed kind of what they've done with their movies, like with like the Evil Dead uh, movie, Poltergeist, Hereditary, Conjuring Universe, Invisible Man, like the list goes on. Like I just I have, yeah. I look at those movies, I see what I love most about those movies. And then I try to incorporate those into my short films and then like put a little right. bit of a twist on it and try to just like not so much cherry pick what I like, but I mean, maybe you would call that cherry picking, but I usually just kind of like see what I like, what I love the most from those movies and what scares me and what I think makes the scene most authentic and most effective. And then I take that into my writing and then into my short filmmaking and try to like expand upon that and then put a little bit of a twist on it yeah brilliant do you keep your films within a certain time frame or do you just write and then sort of say right i've gone over a bit let's let's cut it or do you just go with the flow how how what do you do when you come to the script process most of the time i kind of just go with the flow but i know like in the back of my mind that i never really want to make anything too long because i know for me as a viewer and for a lot of viewers in today's society our attention spans are so short and they're continuing to decrease so i try to keep um, whatever idea I have as short as I can, where it can still be effective and does the story justice, but I can get in and get out in as quick of the time frame as I need. Usually the longest short film that I've made so far is about 10 minutes, a little over 10 minutes. And that I think, I don't think I would make anything longer than that because I think when you go above 10 minutes, yeah, that's the sweet spot. Yeah, I think that, that exactly. That's the sweet spot. I think if you go above that, then especially for like an amateur like me, like I'm just starting out, it can be very difficult to hold um, the audience's attention. So hmm. I try to probably, if I'm going to make something, keep it around five minutes or less. Five minutes for me, I think is my sweet spot where I, cause I like to kind of, I feel like I drag things out too, with like a lot of tension, a lot of long, steady shots that zoom in and focus on the creature, focus on the main character, focus on the setting. So I think I try to keep it around that five minute mark, which I think, for me, at least, yeah. I think makes it most effective. I hope, it's, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Obviously, if you, obviously at college, they obviously tell you quite a lot, give you a lot of information. But, mm. you know, for me, when I sort of started out, obviously I started out as an actor and then I progressed into filmmaking. But um, nice. when, we, when we were starting out, anything over five minutes was a no-go. It's like that. Five minutes was a short film, even though the categories were like anything below 60 minutes is classed as a short film. But it's like if you mm -hmm. want to do something engaging and it is complicated to do something um, within five minutes, which is why I say 10 minutes is the sweet spot. Although I, I'm one mm -hmm. of those people that if I look at a film and the first 30 seconds don't grip me, you know, grab hold of my mm -hmm. attention and I can see I've got to sit there for 15 minutes, I won't watch it. Or I'll probably flick yeah. through it. I'm, I'm the same way. I think we all are, yep. to be honest. We, we, we've got to the stage where, where we just, like you say, there's there's no attention for stuff. And I mean, what, what sort of, again, going back to your stuff, when I was watching, you know, Prey was the first one that I watched. And I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. You know, the cinematography was good. So I'm not sure. Do you, do you do your own cinematography or do you get someone to help you out? I do. I do do my own cinematography for the most part. Um, that short film, Prey, I actually shot on my iPhone 7 at the time. <laughs> and um get the hell out of here yeah i shot it on my phone i shot it on my iphone yeah <laughs> a lot of my like you more and more man <laughs> i mean diy filmmaking i mean when i when i first wow. started out making short films the very first short film that i made 
I had my iPhone 4 and I had an old salad dressing bottle and then like a hairspray lid taped on top with a little notch cut out to sit my phone in. That was my makeshift tripod. And I just went at it and I made my first short film. And from there, I've only, yeah. It's, it's mad. And I, I'll be honest, because sometimes you can tell footage from a cell phone because mm -hmm. it's sharp, it's not grainy. So I'm, I'm assuming you did a lot of work in post with that because mm -hmm. it did not look at all like you shot it on a mobile phone. That that is that wow, is news. Thank you. That thank is news you. for me. That's brilliant. Well, because I'm a big advocate for for um for mobile filmmaking, but done mm -hmm. like for example, I'm not a big fan that you should go out and spend thirteen hundred pounds or thirteen hundred dollars on a new iPhone thirteen. Absolutely not. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a big fan. If now I've got an iPhone eight sitting in my in my wardrobe, and I am mm -hmm. planning to make a film on it because it's all down to tell your story with what you've got don't go out and exactly. spend a fuck ton of money on mm -hmm. on on all this equipment and then one you're probably not going to know how to use it and two it's going to look crap anyway if you're not telling the story properly and if you don't have the right people to help you tell that story so mm -hmm. right there what you did there is for me is and i don't want to be blowing smoke up your ass by the way i'm just saying it because <laughs> this is the epitome of what you know the definition of what um, micro to no, whatever you want to call it, no budget filmmaking is all about. Getting what you have at your mm -hmm. disposal and telling your story. And again, Prey was the first trailer film, stroke film that I watched and I thought it was brilliant. Again, there might be people that might watch it and go, yeah, what's the big deal? But any filmmaker yeah. that watches it will understand the way you created it. And the fact that you created it with next to nothing is brilliant, brilliant work. Um, oh my gosh thank you so enough, much thank enough you. compliments now <laughs> um, no because but this I mean, is oh why gosh, i want to bring <laughs> but this is why i want to bring people like you on because it's i i'll be honest yeah. i thought that obviously you're a college student and i thought okay this guy's got all the stuff from uni or you guys call it college um at, at your disposal and we're going out to make a short film can we use your gear but you're telling me a totally different story which is brilliant the fact that you know, you yeah. did it on your mobile phone. I mean, amazing. Um, so mm. obviously, I was going to ask you about equipment and the fact, you know, do you use yeah. expensive equipment? And you've pretty much told me no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and then I again... Can, I, can talk about it. I can talk about it more, yeah. Yeah, please do. I mean, please. I mean, because yeah. I'm going to take note on it as well. So, but yeah. please do. Yeah. Tell, tell us more about how, how, with Prey, for example, and obviously I will be leaving yeah. links and, you know, to, to your projects for people to check out. Um, but tell me how Prey came around and how you produced and made it. I'm trying to remember back how the, I got that idea. I think, honestly, Prey, I made that short film after I made my one short film, The Catchers, for another school project. And I was still kind of like on that like high of filmmaking. Like, oh my gosh. Like, at the, like looking back on it now, I'm like, oh gosh that is so like i see all the problems i see all like the mistakes in it i see like that is such an amateur short film but i mean we all start somewhere we all learn things we all grow but um, no one no i made one, no one starts off a genius trust me especially in film yeah exactly exactly but i had just finished making the catchers and i was like i want to make another one and then i had heard from a family friend that they had this abandoned cottage that they're gonna tear down and i was like wait a minute wait wait, wait. like let me make something there that's perfect before we don't tear it down i want to make something there so I was trying to think of like, oh, what can I do with an abandoned like cottage on the lake? 
And then I kind of just came up with this like post-apocalyptic, like there's creatures that have taken over the world. And there's this woman who is this young woman on the hunt for supplies. And I kind of just like went from there. And it was literally just me with my phone, my iPhone on the iPhone gimbal that I had got for that. And then my two friends on set, the one actress, and then my other friend, Caroline, who was the demon. She, I like painted her hand black. And then the little trick is I just like wrapped her fingers in tin foil to make them long and lanky. And then I just spray painted everything in black and just had her do the creepy hand movement. And it was just me, brilliant. my two actors. And we were there for, I think it took two days to make it because we, because of schedules and all that stuff. But yeah, probably maybe about like three, four hours each day. And oh, it was just God. me on my phone. And because I didn't have a lot of equipment at the time, it was just my phone. I didn't have uh, like any good audio equipment either. So that's something that I think with a lot of my short films, there is hardly any dialogue in there because I'd never had like proper audio recording equipment and i'm like if i can't record good sounding dialogue i don't even want to have it in there so especially so when i'm coming with ideas too i i honestly think of like scenes that i can stories that i can tell with no dialogue so with prey there is no talking in it it's like you, the only sound you hear from our lead actress is her coughing at towards the end so i and then i do all of the audio work in post i add in the sound effects and the score and the um, room tone and all of that stuff in post like it's it's a lot of fun creating the sound design but yeah it's literally just me well for that for prey in particular it was just me and my two friends and my iphone and we just shot it for a couple hours for two days and it was honestly it was so much fun to make it was the best experience i had a lot of fun no, that's, mm -hmm. i have to say it, it looked a lot I won't, I won't say it looked like a bigger production, but I'm going to say, obviously, it does seem like there's a lot more people on there. So so basically, yeah. you had a skeleton crew of, of five five people, mm -hmm. did you say? Three. Just me and two friends, yeah. Oh, three. Sorry. Three. There you go. It's three. But, yeah, um, three. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Tiny crew, so tiny crew. I just want to... I want to touch base on something really important, especially with what is going on now with the time of filming. Mm-hmm about yeah. safety even on you know such a tiny production like yours mm -hmm. and because you sort of mentioned and i don't want to drop you in it but you mentioned you know it was kind of like did you say it was like a derelict cottage or were they going to tear it down it was they were going to tear it down but it was like already somewhat decrepit and falling apart yeah right so what what is your mm -hmm. although your friends because i'm a massive mm -hmm. advocate for safety on set by the way um Yes. Although you're all friends, what do you do beforehand? Do you say, guy, do you take out insurance? I'm assuming not because you probably can't afford it. But what do you mm -hmm. do in terms of safety when you do film on locations like these? Do you sort of, you know, have a brief beforehand? It's very easy to say, guys, let's be careful. But what is, what would mm -hmm. you, you know, do if you were to do another film like that? Or what was your, you know, safety procedure when you did? Yeah. When you did, I'm going to, I'm dropping you right in it now. Sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah, you are. And that's actually, that's the perfect <laughs> short film to talk about safety because something did happen right. on it. Um, right, okay. I mean, so, cause that, when I made that short, when I made that short film, that was before I had ever been on, that's before I'd ever like collaborated with any other people to make a short film right. on my own or in a school environment before I knew proper, like safety is a huge thing. And that's before I really knew proper safety requirements on any kind of film set. 
So that so short uh, prey was a good experience to have because one of my friends did step on a nail when we were there because it was an old falling apart building. So yeah. she did step on a nail and it went through her shoe and into her foot. And she did have to get a tetanus shot. She's fine now. Everything is fine. But having that happen, it was kind of like, a okay, like, because when we were there, we were like, okay, we're just here. We're making a movie. We're making a short film. Like, we're, we're inside a building. We're safe. Like, so like, I think that kind of like slipped all of our minds a little bit. But because she didn't even know what happened until she had gotten home and took off her shoe and then saw oh, okay. blood on her sock. And she was like, what's that from? And oh, then my. she looked and she saw like, oh, yeah, I must have like stepped on a nail. But that was a good experience to have because I think it was a wake up call for me, especially to like really take safety. Not that I didn't take safety seriously before, but really like make that a huge priority because since then, every short film that I've made and every short film that I've been a part of now, I really am cautious and I want to make sure that everybody is safe about everything, whether it's a stunt that we're doing, the location that we're at. Because I know some of the short films that I have, I've had weapons in, I've had like um, stuff in people's mouths i've had like fake blood dripping i don't want to get in their eyes so um i've had people run so i'm like now i'm like okay so like let's rehearse this like many yeah. times let's be safe about this because like you said like it's just me and some of my friends most of the time making yeah. the short film so like i don't have insurance for it it's just us like getting together making yeah. a short film so now i'm very cautious about things and it is like as it should be a top priority yeah absolutely no it's good that you know that you've pointed that and like you said we all learn from our our experiences because trust me when i first started mm -hmm. that wasn't on my list of priorities either but because you sort of think mm -hmm. to yourself you know people we're all responsible people and uh but what people mm -hmm. some filmmakers don't realize when they set off with their cameras is that it's well hang on a minute what if someone gets hurt and you know, sometimes it exactly. can happen that you can stead, you know, tread on a nail, but sometimes it could get really bad, and then you know, the, the, it's bad. But you know, let's let's just cover mm -hmm. that by saying, you know, if you are going to start out, you know, if you are a beginner filmmaker, really, really, really mm -hmm. take safety into consideration because it is, it is not just exactly. about just pointing a camera and shooting. So it's good that you know, it's mm -hmm. good that you know we talk about this and that yeah. you had this experience. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so following on from that little negative, so you went on, you made this, you know, great short film. And the great thing about it that I like is that you've, it's sort of like a, it is like a trailer, if you like, because it's, okay, people are like, yeah. okay, what's, because I was first to say, okay, well, something you know there's there's a, there's going to be a, a a sequel to this because you know you've left me hanging now sort of thing so um yeah. did, was it, yeah. did you when you set out to do that was that what you had in mind or did you just set out to say you know let's just f end it with a jump scare like you like you said previously yeah i mean honestly when i made it i at the time i didn't have any intention of doing a sequel or kind of like expanding upon it but I mean, it's funny that you say that it's kind of like, it seems like a trailer because a lot of people have said that. Really? And a lot of people okay. have said that my short films like seem like opening scenes to something bigger. Like Absolutely. you watch the first like five minutes, three minutes, whatever it is. And then it's like it's the title sequence and then like the rest of the movie. But it's like, and I've kind of been starting to see that myself too. It's like, I could see like a lot of these just being opening scenes to like uh, potential feature length movies. So Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of my short films, I think, I mean, yes, I said that uh, 
when I come up with ideas now, I kind of like keep it in the back of my head. Like, can this idea potentially be turned into a feature length movie idea? I don't know. It's it's kind of like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, this I want I want to like use this as like a proof of concept one day for a movie. But sometimes I'm just like, I'm happy with this just being a three minute little independent pro like independent short film. Just like leave it as it is. So it's kind of like 50 50. I guess it really depends on how in love I am with the story and if it's something that I think is worth expanding upon or just keeping it short, sweet, simple. There's like a little mm. nice contained short film just to watch for three minutes and get creeped out and then just move on. But yeah, I mean, because yeah. you never know, like you might have someone mm -hmm. approach you saying, you know, this is brilliant. You know, where, where, because a lot of people say, where, we like this idea that you've had that you've filmed where mm -hmm. where would you like to take it and you're like oh shit why yeah. do you want to do you want me to to make something from it but um yeah yeah exactly but that's i think i think the mindset that you have is what we should have as filmmakers what we should have and what most of us do have anyway because you know let's let's build something and then hopefully you know if someone does see it and want to again taking example from lights out you know that was that wasn't a prequel they just made it into a feature mm -hmm. but here's a question for you before we jump into your other stuff mm -hmm. i lied a little bit about saying that yes. i don't like horror films because one of my favorite films because we're talking about creatures and stuff yeah one of my favorite films is predator so i know you're not of that okay that's actually one that i have not seen yet <sighs> that's crazy yeah <laughs> i have not oh seen it yet i know God, i have yeah. not seen it yet I know. I'm not I know. I'm, how I old see, you are. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's like I've recently started getting into watching older. Okay, this is going to sound so bad, and I'm going to get shit on a lot for saying it. But I mean, you'll be, you'll be people fine. You'll like. Be fine, don't worry. I watch a lot of like horror, well, movies and horror, horror movies, especially from like 2000 and up. I have never. I didn't like, grow up watching older horror movies. But now I'm like I, but I mean like I love Poltergeist with older movies. They tend to be more cheesy and campy, and that's something that yes. I'm it's not like my. Yes, it's not like my go-to for that's a horror why, movie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why I said. That's why I said I grew up in an era where it was very gory, but it was over the yeah. top. Like some of the shit that they would come up with would be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" You know, which is I think <laughs> yes. that's what put me yes. off as a kid. But. Yeah. What I do remember, and to this day, if you were to say to me, let's sit down and watch Predator, mm -hmm. I'd be like, put it on because it is, <laughs> I will call it, it, it probably is in the, you know, under the, under the horror genre because it is an alien, a creature, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of oh, gore yeah. in it, but I tell you what, the way they did it, the story, now I don't want to ruin it for you and I'm sure you know what the concept is. But the yeah. one thing as an, you know, as a mature adult filmmaker now, what I love about Predator is the simplicity of the story. Yeah. It was so mm -hmm. simple. All right. The action was obviously it's a big budget film, but it, if you think, if you were to read it on a script or someone was to write the synopsis for it, it's so simple. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah. Oh my God, this is crazy. Like, and if you were to do that now, I'm obviously it's bit you you wouldn't be able to do it now because it you know they've ripped the crap out of the franchise and and in all fairness from two onwards they're all rubbish, you know they are really bad <laughs> and I'm not sure what the yeah. writers are doing. The I mean seriously I've got an issue with writers 
I mean, I'm not a writer, but I tell you what, when I go to the cinema or I watch a film and I see lazy writing just because they've got a big yeah. budget, it, it drives me up the bloody wall because it's like, what the yeah. hell are you doing? You know, it, it, Cause it feels lazy. It's, whole... it's so lazy. Yeah. You're just like, you're, you're like, you're wasting the story potential here. Like, what are you doing? It drives me up the wall because again, we're talking as amateur filmmakers, but it, you know, we are, we want inspiration from these people that are throwing big money at these, at these projects. And when we see these big projects come to the cinema or on streaming or wherever it is, Netflix and whatnot, and then you you see okay there's production value there because there obviously is, but when you actually see the storyline and the script and you know the 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 arc of you know the character arc of each of the characters you think, what is this you know and obviously yeah. I don't want to go into it because I don't want to be absolutely crapped on but it just seems that at the moment people are more concerned about you know rewriting male characters for females rather than why don't we just focus more on writing a good story with good characters in it you know exactly just, mm -hmm. it just seems like it's what the fuck is going on it's crazy it and mm -hmm. people might go you're just an old man and you're you know you don't know what's going on in the world which is i get it you know there's a lot of crap yeah. going on but hell why don't we just take a step back and write even if it is mm -hmm. a 10 minute film or you know if it's a if it's a a studio production you know sit i mean you, you you don't have one writer there's a there's a team of yeah. writers come up with something diff you know decent so people can go fuck that was really good i really enjoyed that rather than going yeah exactly what the f it, it was just it was a cgi fest what the hell mm -hmm. you know so yeah i know but yeah i mean as a as a newbie well oh, I'll, I'll take that back sorry as a as a student filmmaker because you're not a newbie. Oh, I'm still a newbie. You can say it. I am. <laughs> I am very much a newbie. Um, yes. But believe it or not, you've probably made more films than me anyway. But I just, again, because I I have lots of caps. I like to, you know, I like to watch other people's stuff. But, um, mm -hmm. what is your, you know, when you, you know, you know, when you're doing your research, what is the one thing that really frustrates you as a, you know, as a an upcoming filmmaker? What is it when you go? Why did you do that? Or, you know, is there something in particular that frustrates you as a writer stroke filmmaker? In terms of things that I'm working, that I want to write or in terms of things that other people have done? Things that other people that have done, not to criticize what they've done, yeah, but yeah. to say, you know, that could have been so much better if you'd done A, B or C. You know, again, we're no mm -hmm. one to criticize other people's work. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, we call it constructive criticism by saying, "Damn, if you'd done this, this, and this, do you know what I mean?" What's what's your yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. frustrates you as a? Mm, I don't know. I'm trying to think because I am definitely that person. Well, I also know how. Like the more that I've been in school and the more projects that I've worked on, the more I have under I've been, I started to understand how much goes into making a project. How much like because like there are people that show up to do like every little job on set. So, and like, and especially with Hollywood productions, there are, they could be as big as like 500 people on a crew at one time, probably. Yeah. So like they, they can be massive productions and there's so many people showing up just to do their job. So now, since I like have that knowledge, I embed, I like, I'm never one that's kind of like, oh, that's, like, that's horrible. I hate that. Like, that was stupid. Like, why would like, okay, I, well, I don't say that, but in my head, I'm also kind of just like, but you think it makes it. no sense. You think you're like, that, like, 
Yeah. Like this was like this right here was able to get past this many people and they thought it was a good idea. <laughs> like yeah. I'll think stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. This is what I'm getting at. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. as a you know, as as you guys are up and coming, you know, what is mm-hmm. your take on all this? Because I think we when we grew up, we were just fed whatever the hell, you know, we were given and we when we look like you mm-hmm. talking about now about how the stuff from the eighties was cheesy, but for us growing up it was like oh my god that's really cool yeah but Mm -hmm. um you know it's interesting to see sort of like your viewpoint on on stuff that people are making and what's being churned out and the fact that it's being churned out so rapidly because obviously at the end of the day it is about making money let's not let's let's not um hide let's not sugarcoat it but what i would like to sort of Mm -hmm. sort of divert from is because the horror genre is all like we look at the Halloweens and you know productions like that, which were independent films which were made with next to nothing. Then we could look at you know Blair Witch Project, or we could look at, um, for example, um, all these uh, paranormal activity, which you said you, you you like these sort of films. Because they're made with such a limited budget, mm-hmm. would you consider, for example, doing a crowdfunding mm-hmm. and then reaching out? to say the horror um you know community would would that would that be something that you would um consider seeing as you've got a really good portfolio now that you can showcase well thank you i, I really appreciate that um i honest i think that is something that i would consider doing at one point and especially like for the movies like you just said like blair witch and uh paranormal activity and like because i'm pretty sure paranormal activity was shot for like 15 to thirty thousand dollars and then it 15, made yeah over like 300 million dollars and i think that's something that i think is invaluable to me and anybody who is an aspiring filmmaker is to just like go out like look like watch movies look at what you like look at what doesn't work and and then like like tear it apart and put that into your own writing honestly just be creative with the stories you want to tell because with those types of movies for like the very very minuscule budgets like because you're, you have to focus. Because with the, with paranormal activity, you didn't really see a demon in that movie. You didn't see monsters. You didn't see a ton of CGI. It was like legit an entire movie filmed on surveillance cameras. That's what scared the. That is what scared the. Exactly, and it scared, scared the, the crap, crap out of people out of because it was you are scared of what you can't see, and the simplicity of that I think is so effective. And when you have a very limited to no budget to work with you are forced to be creative and come up with um, ways to get around, especially horror, um, to get around uh, creating tension and scary sequences and showing something and that can genuinely freak somebody out. And I think that type of creativity is ultimately what makes the best short film feature and best story to tell because you aren't relying on the typical Hollywood tropes that you find in movies it's like you're forced to actually get creative and tell a unique story because you don't have access to the things that hollywood does and in that case i mean in that instance i think you ultimately end up with a really fun and unique product in the end absolutely i totally agree that's that's well said you know what what are you um thinking of what are you are you working on anything big at the moment i mean what's um what you got going on Currently at the moment, uh, this is my last semester in school, and we are working on a TV pilot 
for our like senior capstone project working on that i am the production designer out of the class on that project um it's been a lot of fun we're like right now we're currently like halfway through production week so i'm having a lot of fun on that currently and then for another um project i think we have to i'm in a class called adaptation and i'm thinking that everybody has to make a short film so i'm thinking for that class i am going to do a twist on bloody mary and do a three minute bloody mary horror short film and try to make that creepy I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of ideas. Like, I have a whole, like, note section on my phone of ideas, like, for potential <laughs> projects. Yeah. Brilliant. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, I just I just want to get out there and make more short films, make more projects. And because, I mean, that's, like, I think what is the most important thing for me to do is to just, and for anybody who wants to be any type of filmmaker or at any role in the film industry, is to just go out there and make stuff. Like, yeah. like I now, I, w- I have a camera now and I have, like, a microphone and stuff, but... I still like I still have continue to use like my my iPhone for projects and I have a lot of fun with it. So I think the best thing for anybody to do is and for me is just I just want to go out and make stuff and create that portfolio and add to it and make more short films of ver- like whether it's two minutes, 10 minutes, eight minutes, whatever it is, just make stuff and have it. And because that's Great I mean, advice. right now I have the time and it's fun. And yeah. I love that's, it. That's that's great advice. Just and that's what a lot of filmmakers say. Just if you've got an idea, just go out and shoot it, no matter what. So, Matt, to conclude, where can people find you on the yes. socials? Okay, well, they can find me at my Instagram. <laughs> it's just so weird to say. Um, they can find me at my Instagram, Matt Marchese. Um, and then I have a link in that my main Instagram to like my film photography page, MKZ Productions. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Matt Marchese, where I have some of the short films that I've made that I've posted over the years. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, I hope those that are watching and listening will take little nuggets of information and, you know, use them for their project. So um, thanks again, Matt. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can find all the details in the show notes and on our website at www.laymanfilmmakers.com. If you enjoyed this episode and what we are doing here on the Layman Filmmakers Conversation, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thanks again. I'm your host, Daniel Pellegrino. Till next time. You've been listening to the Layman Filmmakers Conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Till next time, keep filming.